Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of the Two Lost Traders podcast with me, James Pozo, and my good friend, Travis Blayton. Today, similar agenda. We're going to go over the major financial news that might affect your stocks and shares and cryptocurrencies. Then we'll do the market movers from yesterday with today, right now, being 9 a.m. Thursday, the 21st of October, we'll go over the market moves from yesterday. We'll do our segment, which is called a what's hot on hot copper, go through the five um, most looked at posts on hot copper and see why those companies are in the news on there. Travis will do a crypto wrap. Then we're going to give you a stock, which is soon to be on a watch list, one for you to maybe add to yours. And then our last segment again on seven day, beat the bank, find a stock. Um, that's going to beat bank interest that you could buy today and sell in a week's time. So, Trav, do you want to go over the major financial news? Well, James, what a week we've had. Last week, it looked like things were really going to roll over. But despite all of the evidence to point to the downside, markets turned themselves around and went high. And I'm talking specifically here about stocks and the overall indexes. And, of course, that was led by the United States of America because Australia follows that lead. Dow Jones Industrial Index has recovered its losses from previous, probably the previous three weeks. And we've now seen Dow Jones Industrial Index reach a double top or it is about to break out. And this is what's so great about the markets is that we can now wait to see what actually takes place. Further to that, we saw that Bitcoin has actually now officially broken out to new all-time highs, whether you measure that in uh, US dollars or in Australian dollars. And in fact, in most currencies, Bitcoin has broken out now to the, uh, to new highs. Keep an eye on that as well. The bond market's been fairly steady. Uh, we have seen some of the, uh, treasury bonds, uh, increase, but not really to any significant level. And, uh, so that's an interesting, uh, thing to watch as well. We see energy also under pressure trying to go higher as well. As we uh, find ourselves with a shortage of energy available in the world. And that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Also in markets, we've seen the yield curve begin to uh, flatten out just a little bit. It's hardly worth mentioning, but I thought I'd bring it up just simply because it is something that uh, we're keeping an eye on as uh, if we get a uh, flattening yield curve, that could signal a few issues for the Fed as we move forward, but really. The big story of the week is this push higher from stocks and from cryptos. Yeah. So we'll look at yesterday's stock strand and the biggest movers and shakers. So in the large cap, one of the biggest movers um, on the upside was WOR, Wally Energy. They got a contract for a low carbon fuel facility in Rotterdam. Obviously anything that's green at the moment seems to be going green is green as in you're moving up. So another green play by a large company. I'm just touching on that in related news. I saw news that Rio Tinto is spending $10 billion on cutting their carbon emissions. So all these big companies are seeing the value of going green and how mums and dads and retail holders out there are getting involved in, in much greener stocks. In the mid stocks, Kogan, KGN. They had good results for October, continuing good growth. Obviously, down to, due to the lockdowns, Kogan being an online shopping store, the lockdowns have been great for their business. With everything opening back up, it'll be interesting to see if they can continue 
their good growth, but the share price went up yesterday, which is, and in the small caps, ACB was a big riser yesterday. AC, ACB is ACAP Energy, but if you're a holder of ACAP Energy, just hold your horse. It may not be too exciting because the ANSEC sent a price query on the raise as there was no news associated with it. And they are now in a trading hole, probably scratching the red to respond to the ANSEX price query. So I'm interested to see if that one goes straight back down today or whether there's something else in it. That's ACAP, Energy ACB. So that's the, the ones going green, the trap. What went red yesterday? Just before we get into the decliners for the day, I will comment on ACAP Energy and not specifically the stock, but when you have price rises like they've enjoyed without any announcement and they get a spin ticket, one of the things that almost always is the case is that while there may be no immediate news that is determining the price and, and the rise, there's something sniffing around that will account for the price rise. It just out there. That might be that there's an announcement to come out in the next week or so. It might be two weeks, but there is something happening. It does remind me, Trav, last year of GBR, Great Boulder Resources. I'm pretty sure they got a speedy ticket or two for big spikes. Then the share price went back down. Head to six months later, massive news, big gold find, and their share price is up 300%. So, yeah. Don't say that'll happen to ACB, but you're right. There's, um, there's no smoke without a fire. Something smells here, Jonas. Okay. Okay. Decliners. Decliners, yeah, for the week, riff, well, not for the week, but uh, certainly overnight were uh, probably the two biggest in terms of large cap. We're looking at Illumina and Mineral Resources. Now, neither company had uh, market moving news that came out, no announcements, but really just a symptom of the overall market trends. And only down by 3% uh, and 2% respectively. On the other hand, in the mid-cap mid market space, we had Whitehaven Coal and Yan Coal that were both down 7% and 6% respectively on the day yesterday. Why, why did this take place? Well, it's difficult to know for sure, but one thing we can say is that the battle between the demand for energy in China and Europe, one would expect that demand for coal as a result of the shortage of energy would result in Yang Coal, Whitehaven Coal, both heading higher. And so it's actually gone the other way. So a lot of pundits will put this down to, and I've read that in some cases, some, some media report China is increasing its demand for, or not demand, but their, their imports of coal. You would think them would push the business higher for most of those companies in the mid-cap space. However, on the other side of that coin, we're seeing Prime Minister Scott Morrison under all sorts of pressure to commit to long-term sustainable climate change policies. This would not include coal. And so we're seeing this debate going on, this struggle at the moment, as to what's going to happen with that, with coal and Australia's coal exports. I guess yesterday we saw the green argument win the day. But I think it's a longer term prospect for uh, Australian coal resources because there will be demand for coal, yep. no matter whether we go green or not. It could be less. I, 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 f I fail to see at this point how we have the technology to meet our energy needs without coal playing an important role in that. So we'll see how it goes. 
In the uh, small cap sector, Oldfield Holdings took a bit of a beating yesterday when its shares slumped by, I think it was as much as 30%. And what they do is they supply retailers with painting supplies, you know, brushes, sonoras, mixers, things like that. So again, without any news, very, very interesting. And you have some interesting news on CPN. Drill results came out that weren't so spectacular, James. Oh yeah, that's right. So I think that they were waiting on something, a bigger fight. Gold drill results, not really my strong point traffic, but the market wasn't um, overly impressed with their results. So yeah, in those small cap ones, some of those companies, you know, that all of their eggs are in a couple of baskets. So whether CPN has got other spots that they're trying to drill or not, I'm not too sure, but yeah, yesterday's results didn't impress the market too much. Okay. We'll get moving on to our what's hot on hot copper segment. So the five most talked about stocks, top branded stocks. Interesting that again this week, lithium is a major player on there, on the stocks that people are looking at. Three of the five stocks, the lithium stock CXO, which is core lithium based in Darwin, AVZ Minerals which is obviously an Australian company being on the ASX, but actually has the largest lithium deposit in the world in the DRC. So in F and the other one, most talked about FNFX, this is Flyerfinch. Used to be MLL, Mali Lithium, but now switched to Firefinch. And interestingly, there's going to be another name change because the big news of FFX was that they're going to demerge um, into a separate gold and lithium company. So the holders of FFX will um, have LLL, I believe is the new code for Leo Lithium. And then whether the FFX will stay for the gold project, I'm not so sure, but yeah, they're going to demerge into two separate companies. Uh, share price of FFX in the last year, the year ago, you could have bought that stock for around 10 to 15 cents. It's up to 60 cents. So FFX has gone great. And yeah, this, this demerge does look positive in the chance to get into the two separate companies. The gold part of FFX is in Marilla and is nicknamed Trav the Gorilla in Marilla because of the large gold deposit that they think they're sitting on. CXO Core Lithium. The big news with them is they've gone into a partnership recently with Ganfeng. If you don't know what Ganfeng is, it's um, by terms of market cap, the largest lithium company in the world in China. Uh, they've gone into a partnership to fund the mine that they're going to build in Darwin. Uh, Darwin obviously has a lot of positives being right next to a port. So a uh, much lower cost of getting the lithium out to the processing factories. So a big, a big plus that it's Darwin. Obviously a little bit of risk there that there's so much Chinese involved with, obviously with Australia's relationship with China at the moment. So, so that's one thing to just watch out for with CXO. And AVZ Minerals, where well, we touched on that last week, it was my tip in the seven day beat the bank. We'll get to how it went later, um, but still no news on them getting a mining license. So they've got all these offtake agreements for their lithium, their tin, but they don't have the license to mine from the African government, which is still the big ticker that they need in order for that share price to really go gangbusters. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's gone from eight cents a year ago, up to 34 cents. So, you know, if you're a holder, you're, you're still, but if they get this mining license, you might be able to add 10, 20 cents on top. So that's the 
the basic rundown of those three lithium stocks. So yeah, again, CXO, Core Lithium, FFX, Biofitch, soon to be LLL, Leo Lithium at AVZ. And Trev, you're going to touch on the other two most talked about stocks. Well, yes, just before I do though, I would, I would comment that, uh, you know, mining licenses in Africa often take a lot longer than management of companies think. Yeah. So you, we need to be patient and wait for these, these uh, developments to take place. Yeah. So I'm going to, uh, touch base called Imogen, uh, Imogen Limited, uh, to start with. So, uh, they're a biotech, um, they're involved in treatment of cancer. And they're develop, developing an anti-cancer drug. They have two, two drugs, particularly that they're working with. One is called Chempavax and the other one is called Pervax. And both of these are in trial stages. And for Chempavax, we're seeing that with, they've now got the first inpatient trial that's just commenced. And that was announced about a week ago. And this is a really big deal. The, the idea here is that the oncolytic virus that they have developed, what they do is they inject that into a tumor. The oncolytic virus then attacks that embraces down the uh, tumor that is found in patients with triple breast cancer. And once it's broken that down, the immune system, the natural body's immune system then takes over and breaks down that, that the broken down particles of the tumor. And that leads to long-term patient recovery. And, and this can be repeated. At least that's the, uh, that's the theory. So, you know, hot copper and people on there are very excited about these developments. Now, at this point, there are really three phases involved in patenting and manufacturing and selling of cancer treatments. So phase one, which includes safety and efficacy. So how efficiently, how well these treatments work. Phase two involves proof of concept. It's, you know, refining the details, doing more tests, getting more patients to agree to it. And so forth. And then phase three, which is the last phase in, includes marketing and registration of the product and making deals with big pharma companies. There are really two options really for, uh, imaging if they get to phase three and that would be to go in online. And that's a, that's a fairly big job because you need to uh, get people involved in marketing. People have specializing people who are specializing in, uh, marketing and, uh, dealing with big pharma or you simply take a royalty selling off to a big pharmaceutical company will have all the resources to take a fur and then uh, you simply take a royalty. So, you know, in hot copper itself, we're seeing many of the participants debating and considering the value that this might bring for shareholders. So their range there is from six to $20 billion. If phase three trials actually develop. Uh, yeah. And I guess that's, that's why some of these biotechs are so exciting is that there is that chance of such a big, I mean, the share price at the moment is 2 billion. So you know, if it gets to 20 million, that's a 10 bagger, um, from here. So yeah, yeah, just that, that chance of the upside is, is probably what makes them so talked about and so exciting for people. Well, retail investors on hot copper are talking about the basically trying to work out an enterprise value for the company. Should they actually get to phase three and, and be receiving up to $6 billion in uh, royalties. That should that take place, the share price should be at $3 yeah. and it's currently at 50 something cents, 53 cents perhaps. So you can imagine if we get to $20 billion, 44 cents, 44 cents. Okay. So great opportunity there. If they can prove up phase three trials and make a go of it. Yeah. So anyway, that's the discussion over there. And there's obviously a lot interested as it's the second most discussed stock 
on on copper. Yeah. The last stock we'll look at is undergrade mining, and this uh, also gets a lot of discussion. I think a lot of the shareholders are actually quite displeased with degrade, and to some extent that's justifiable. So degrade, I'm located in the Pilbara region of Western Australia. I think it was last year or perhaps 2019, perhaps I have to go check that, but they discovered a new gold resource and continued to drill it out. And the results just kept on delivering with their drilling campaign. Well, they've since been drilling expanding the resource, getting an idea about the size of the resource. And it looks like it has significant potential to become something big. So basically the majority of the exploration and infill drilling has been completed by the grain mining, which is accounted for their a share price going from a four cents all the way up to. That's right, Jeff. I'm going to I'm looking here 28th of January was still four cents. That's 2020, sorry. So. A year and a half ago, yeah, it was a four or five cent stock and at the high, a dollar sixty cent. But obviously recently that's come back down a little bit, back down to around a dollar twenty there. And that's the result of the mining cycle. Okay. And we see that so often with the mining cycle. The mining cycle is worth knowing about for many of our customers. It, it, it provides a timeline from discovery all the way through to production. And how share price generally responds in these periods of time. So for example, in case of degray mining, they made their discovery of the big gold find. And then for a period of about 18 months, you can see that the prices rallied from that four cents up to $1.66. Uh, but then what happens or tends to happen is once the resource has been, I guess, studied, understood, we get a bit of more of an idea about how big it is. We see that, um. If we get into the next stage where it's the feasibility stage, and that's where Degray are at the moment, they're in that feasibility stage. And generally across the board, we see that when mining companies are in that stage where they're proving up the uh, economics of a project, we see the share price picking to fall over. So from that $1.66 high, it's continuing to just roll over and that will continue to fall according to the mining cycle, right up until Degray begin to develop. So they will organize financing for processing plants, mining equipment, uh, tanks, all these things that need to come in. And from that point forward, we might see the grain mining rally again. But at this point, it looks to me like the high is in for the grain mining for probably the next two years okay. until they start producing or sorry, start developing the, the actual mine itself. Yep. Now, in terms of the metrics of the, where is it? The metrics of the project. Well, yeah, so it looks like they're going to be mining approximately 4 million ounces of gold over a period of about 10 years at an all in sustaining cost of $1,111, which is very low. And that's in Australian dollars. So, you know, once the project's up and going, it looks to be very profitable. And if we get higher gold prices, we expect that that will um, yeah. help reduce the downside for the grain mining and other. Uh, gold ones that are in the stages. And so there you go. All right. Uh, so that's what's hot on hot cop track. You're definitely the crypto man. So give us your wrap on what's happened in the last week in the cryptocurrency space. James, well, last week we spoke about cryptocurrencies not being a buy at present and really they've been flat for the week. We've seen not a lot of movement with the exception of Bitcoin 
Bitcoin has, has been able to slowly edge higher to those previous all time highs that were established that a little while ago now. So we're looking at probably realistically April, April, uh, early this year where Bitcoin in Australian dollars was at 78,000 per coin and it's broken higher this week. So I think to, for me, if we get a weekly close above that 78,489 level, I'm very bullish on cryptos. So this is all a part of the infrastructure bill in America. It's a part of the ETF that was established this week. Apparently it was very successful. It also includes the uh, debt ceiling limit increase. And it all points to more money printing. And of course, the hedge against money printing is cryptos and precious metals. So that's the crypto market right there. What I would say though, just in addition to that, was that in the last 24 hours, we've seen quite a lot of the cryptos really start to take off. A unicorn was one that I, uh, not unicorn, sorry, uh, Lunacorn was up 12% yesterday. We saw that we saw also that the teal coin was up also 10% and SML was also up 11%. Now they were the um, big gains yesterday, but there were very few REN cryptos yesterday on the market or overnight at least. So would you be getting into anything at the moment, Chad, or is it still a wait for you to see what happens? Well, I'd like to see the, how the market closes for the week. I think if it closes above, it's time to start looking to buy signals and entering cryptos. All right. Awesome. Okay. Next segment. We're going to do trap is a watch list. So, a stock for um, people out there to put on their watch list. I'll go first on this one. We've talked about lithium a lot today. So, I'm going to give people one that still hasn't really taken off in terms of market cap, maybe a little sleeper that they, they can have a look at that might go up a little bit. That is LDL, Lithium Energy Limited. This is only IPO'd recently, still only has a $30 million market cap. But I like the fact that it's got two things going on. It's got a lithium exploration project um, in Argentina, which is really close to ORE or so that's that's one side of the things going on. And the other one is this graphite project in North Queensland. So they've got a deposit there at the Burke deposit in North Queensland. And also with electronic vehicles, Trav, there is plenty of graphite that goes into these and not many graphite producers. So we talk about the shortage of lithium um, that's going to happen in the coming years, but definitely graphite is something to keep an eye on. Also something that goes into these electronic vehicles. So LEL at the moment, market cap of only $30 million with this graphite play in Australia, which is good based on, you know, sovereign risk in other countries. And also this, this exploration in Argentina being so close to ORE's lines of of their plant, if, if they find anything there, I think the share price could, could shoot up a lot in terms of market cap. So, so yeah, what I want to put on your watch list is LEL, Lithium Energy Limited, Trav. And what's yours? Well, I've gone with uh, Corella Resources. The code for that is CR9. And I'm really excited about this. I held for a while there, ADN, Andromeda Resources. And their share price appreciation really took off once they proved up their kaolin deposit, which is the founded clay soils, and is really important for treatment uh, for a variety of medical issues. And so 
CR9 are basically in the same position as Andromeda were before that big move higher. And last week they came out with an announcement that I got really excited by, and that was that they approved up some of their resources for KLN. And they did some brightness testing and averaged around 85% of brightness, which is a very high level for brightness in KLN resource deposits. Now, located in Western Australia, and I would expect that this resource will continue to grow. They're certainly very bullish on uh, their feelings about the, the project. So very, very excited. Kalen. All right, one for you watch the CR sign on the line, you'll like it. Okay, the last segment today is Beat the Bank. First, let's go over last week. So a week ago today, on the 14th of October, we went head to head in large cap companies. So basically over a billion uh, market cap companies. Now, we both finished in the green trap. You chose RRL which is Regis Resources, is that right? That's right. Yeah. Um, I went with the ABZ Minerals, the lithium plane there. Your RRL a week ago was $2.19. This morning before the open, $2.23. So you're up just over 1% trend. So you're in the green, you achieved the goal of being in the green. And I want to brag here, and the ABZ, which was 30 and a half cents, this morning was 34. So a nice little 10% there. If anybody was wanted to, to drop a thousand dollars in a week, go listen to this one. They would have paid for a nice did at, at the RXL, making a hundred bucks there. So that was large cap last week. So we both finished in the green. So tick for both of us. This week we're going small cap head to head. I'll let you go first, Trent. What do you got? Well, look, my play is the silver play. Okay. We've seen a lot of the commodities rally really hard. Uh, zinc is up, copper's up, uh, copper's not nearly at all time highs or near them or equal to them. The one that's been left behind, James, is silver. Yeah. Silver's not recording new all time highs. And I believe there's a lot of upside on silver over the next 18 months. So I've gone with a silver play. I'm going with silver mines, which operates in Australia. And they're in the stages of building their Bowden's silver project. And they've received some really outstanding drill results. Uh, at that location. Uh, not only that, they're engaged in a 30,000 meter drill probe to build the, the zones of uh, high grade silver. One such uh, example of one of the high grades they had was four meters at 980 grams uh, per ton of silver from a 311 meters below ground. So it would be an underground mine, which has the risk of, you know, incidents and so forth. But really the, the product project looks really strong in terms of within the four meters, they actually struck two meters at 1,825 grams of ton of silver. That is an extraordinary number. That's really, really high. But of course they need to build, they need to continue drilling with the 30,000 meter drill program to really expand and get a better idea about the size of the project. So, you know, nothing's certain, nothing's guaranteed, but certainly those results do indicate that there could be substantially more resources at Bowden's than uh, at this stage we're led to believe. So I'm really, really bullish on uh, silver mines, right. uh, particularly if we continue to get high silver prices. So 20 and a half cents right now, Chad, on the 21st of October. So we'll see what it's like on the 28th next week. I've gone for a company with the initials KWI, 
Key West Resources. They are a gold explorer. Share price has really taken a hit over the last year where, I mean, a year ago, it got up to above above 30 cents, actually. Well, in July, 2019, right down to six cents recently, but has turned around as of September. It got down to around six cents in September, but then there's a big spike due to the fact that their initial results are drilling underneath a lake. So Lake Gungari, a salt lake, they've got some great followings initially, and now they've done a capital raise and they've raised $4 million to accelerate their exploration. And I'm thinking that in the next seven days, which this competition is in, I could see some results coming in. And I'm pretty positive about KW. I listened to a interview with the CEO, this drilling under lake is something that's actually really new. The equipment that they've got is of really high technology. They're one of the first companies to be able to do this. So they're saying that drilling under lakes could be the next, the next way that to find the big gold resources. So I'm hoping um, that this one they've got in Lake Gungari, there might be some more results in the next seven days and we might get a little higher than the 13 cents currently. So we will see Trav. Head to head in the small caps, KWR, King West Resources versus Travis's SV. That's, it's interesting that we've both chosen companies involved in the precious metals sector. Yeah. And so, well, I guess, I guess that's it. There's, there's, you're, you're hoping that the, the results come in, they find what you're looking for and yeah, we'll see what happens. All right. I think that's just about it for us. Today, and be keen to check it in a week's time and see what happens with those. Anything else from you, Trav? No, not really. I just say at this point that uh, it looks to me like uh, cryptos are probably the space where we're going to get most price appreciation over the next week. But as I said, we need to see that close above the previous all time high for specifically Bitcoin, only because it's the biggest market cap in the space and also most watched and most talked about. But, you know, talks of getting to a hundred thousand US dollars would probably provide another 40% increase if we were to get that high. So, you know, some of the other cryptos have got some catching up to do. We spoke about that last week and look, it's time to be excited. All right. Thanks guys. Look forward to checking in next week. Round. Yeah. Please tell me that was still, I didn't think that halfway through. Okay.